0: Alright, hello everybody and welcome to the Tuesday edition of the Locked On Islanders podcast. So happy to be with you, hope everybody is staying safe and staying well. We have got a lot to talk about today, including a decision on the AHL season and how that affects the Islanders. We'll take a look back at a big playoff win on this date in Islanders history and we'll continue our series on the biggest what-ifs in Islanders history with a discussion of uh, what if Rick DiPietro never got injured? How would things be different for the New York Islanders franchise? Keep in mind that 15-year contract he signed back in 2006 uh, would be expiring at the end of next season, so... uh, Yeah, that's how different things might have been. Don't forget, today's show is sponsored by Built Bar. Built Bar is the protein bar that tastes like a candy bar. Go to BuiltBar.com and use promo code LOCKEDON and you'll get $10 off your first order. Now, don't forget if you have a question, a comment, something you'd like us to discuss, or if you want to let us know a a what-if moment that you'd like us to talk about this week or next week as we do these biggest what-ifs in Islanders franchise history, shoot us an email, the email address, LockedOnIslanders at gmail.com. You could also contact us and follow us on Twitter, at LockedOnIsles, and you could follow me, Gil Martin, on Twitter, at IceWarsNYRVSNYI. By the way, just to update everybody uh, about the latest Islanders games, that are going to be broadcast on MSG+. Plus This week, last night, uh, Matt Barzal's first career NHL goal was on at 8 o'clock. That was uh, against the Rangers. Fun to watch that one. Uh, we're going to have Vladimir Malikov's first career NHL goal, also against the Rangers back in 1992. That's on tonight. And uh, tomorrow first two goals in the career of one Ziggy Palfi, who scored twice uh, against the Florida Panthers in his debut, and they'll follow that up at 9.30 on Wednesday night with uh, John Tavares' NHL debut, uh, and obviously, those of you who remember, he scored a goal in that very first game in which he played. So, just a few notes as to... Uh, how to get your Islanders fix during this suspension of play over on uh, MSG Networks, uh, MSG+, and it's always good to, even if we know the outcome, to be able to watch a little bit of hockey uh, during this difficult time. So, basically right now, the AHL did what most people expected, and that was they canceled the rest of this season, and will not hold the playoffs. Uh, That announcement coming Monday after a vote by the AHL Board of Governors, David Andrews, the outgoing league president and CEO, basically said that the league ran out of time. And the quote is, after a lengthy review process, the American Hockey League has determined that the resumption and completion of the 2019-2020 season is not feasible in light of current conditions, and the league is now, quote-unquote, pivoting toward the 2020-2021 campaign, and uh, they will see what's going to happen with that. Uh, look, right now, the AHL, uh the demise of this season is going to affect the Islanders, and it will affect all Of the NHL teams, as every NHL team has an AHL affiliate. And now that these players will no longer be taking the ice, if and when the NHL does resume, and we expect that there will be expanded rosters as a result of fatigue, possible illness, possible, you know, the need to quarantine, you get the feeling that each team will be allowed to carry more than the traditional uh, number of players on their roster. Uh, you know, some of these AHL players, whether it's Sebastian uh, Aho or Kiefer Bellows or Thomas Hickey, uh, you know, I am almost certain you will see a number of these players who might be able to provide depth for the Islanders if and when the playoffs or regular season resumes being called up to the big club as part of an expanded roster. It also means that the various prospects on the Islanders will not be getting playoff experience this year, and again, this doesn't favor or uh, hurt the Islanders any more than it favors or hurts any other team. Uh, The Islanders, obviously, Bridgeport in last place in their division in the AHL. They had struggled for the greater part of the season, and having that season come to an end, uh, almost merciful. There there was no way, realistically, that the Sound Tigers were going to make the playoffs. But look, for the AHL, I, I think, don't let the AHL's decision cause panic for Islanders fans and for NHL fans. The fact of the matter is that the American Hockey League is very, very dependent on ticket sales. There is a lot less television revenue, whether it be local or national, associated with the AHL. So while the NHL could still benefit financially from completing the season in empty arenas, the AHL would get minimal benefit with a, with the same amount of risk if they were to resume their schedule as of right now uh, in front of empty arenas without spectators. So don't let the AHL's decision cause you to think that it's inevitable that the NHL will not resume play. If anything, you have to understand the differences between the AHL and the NHL. And realize that while it may not have made sense for the AHL to try to play out the playoffs or finish the regular season, it makes much more sense for the NHL given the television revenue differences. And if you want to see differences, try Built Bar. Built Bar is the best tasting. Protein bar that I've ever had. It's the protein bar that tastes like a candy bar, and there are 16 amazing flavors eight of them chocolate with nuts, eight are chocolate and nut free. The bars are soft and easy to chew, and built bars are healthy. They're great for the health conscious guy. You can lose or maintain weight while indulging in a delicious treat. The bars are low calorie, low sugar, high protein, and high fiber. And while so many other protein bars have a bad consistency or just don't taste very good, Bilt Bar tastes like you're cheating, like you're eating a candy bar. Look at the peanut butter brownie flavor. It's got 20 grams of protein, only 170 calories, just 3 grams of sugar, and 3 grams of net carbs. Right now... Take advantage of our special offer. Go to builtbar.com and use the promo code LOCKEDON and you'll get $10 off your first order. So use the promo code LOCKEDON for $10 off at builtbar.com. All right, time for this date in Islanders history. We go back to May 12, 1993, Nassau Coliseum Islanders. Taking on the two-time defending Stanley Cup champion Pittsburgh Penguins, Game Six of their uh, s- uh, quarterfinal series—essentially back then the Patrick Division Final Series—the Islanders had won the first game three to two in Pittsburgh, but the Penguins took the next two, three nothing in Pittsburgh, and then three to one. At the Nassau Coliseum, Islanders won Game 4 to send the series back to Pittsburgh all even at 2-2. That was a 6-5 win for the Isles, but Game 6 back at the Igloo in Pittsburgh, a 6-3 Penguins win. So the Islanders now facing elimination back home in Game 6 at the Coliseum down, 3 games to 2. Once again, Tom Barasso, the goalie for... The Penguins, Glenn Healy in net for the Islanders, and it only took 25 seconds for the Islanders to break on top. Brad Delgarno got his second of the playoffs from Darius Kasparaitis and Claude Loisell, and the Islanders held a one-to-nothing lead. The Penguins did answer back a little bit more than six minutes later. Martin Straka, his first tally of the season. Uh, or at least in the postseason, Troy Loney and Shell Samuelson with the helpers at 6:47, and the game was even at one apiece. But the Islanders answered quickly, just 22 seconds after Straka's goal, Derek King tallied for the Isles, his third of the playoffs from Dennis Vasky and Steve Junker, and after one period, the Islanders were clinging to a two-to-one lead. The Penguins. Even the score early in the second period, Mario Lemieux, his eighth of the playoffs, Ulf Samuelson and goalie Tom Barrasso with the helpers at 116, and it was all even at two apiece. But then the Penguins get into some power play difficulties. Ron Francis called for a five minute high sticking major and a game misconduct. That means the Islanders had the opportunity to score as many goals as they could in that five minutes. They do get one as Ray Ferraro cashes in his 12th of the playoffs, Brian Mullen and Steve Thomas with the helpers at 722, and it was 3-2 Islanders. Then Ulf Samuelson takes a roughing call at 948, and the Islanders' power play clicks for a second time. Steve Thomas, his fourth from Tom Curvers and Benoit Hogue at 11.20, and the Islanders now had a 4-2 lead. But the Penguins, being the two-time defending cup champions, did not quit. Martin Straka, his second from Yager, Yaramir Yager and Kevin Stevens at 12.22, so just a minute, two seconds after the Thomas goal. And then with Darius Kasparaitis in the box for roughing, Kevin Stevens scores a power play goal for Pittsburgh from Rick Tockett and Mario Lemieux at 14:31, and all of a sudden, the game was tied 4-4 after 40 minutes. We go into the third period, again, the Islanders season on the line, and Brian Mullen comes up big. He scores his third of the playoffs from Steve Thomas and Benoit Hogue at 542, and then four minutes and 50 seconds later, Thomas, his fifth, from Ray Ferraro and Derek King, and all of a sudden, the Islanders had a 6-4 to four lead. Tom Fitzgerald off for high sticking at 17:24, and right off the faceoff, just four seconds later, Kevin Stevens, a power play goal for the Penguins. Larry Murphy and Mario Lemieux with the assists at 17:28, 28 and the Penguins were within a goal with just two minutes and 32 seconds left in regulation time. The Islanders hold off a big Pittsburgh attack and end up putting home an empty net goal. Uwe Krupp his first of the playoffs unassisted at 1942, and the Islanders managed to hold on and beat the Penguins 7 5 to force a seventh and deciding game at the Igloo in Pittsburgh. Glenn Healy, 31 saves to earn the victory. Steve Thomas leading the Islander attack overall with two goals and two assists. Derek King, had a goal and an assist, as did Brian Mullen and Ray Ferraro. Benoit Hogue had a pair of helpers. Overall, the plus-minus leaders, Brad Delgarno and Darius Kasparaitis, Uwe Krupp and Tom Curvers, and Rich Pilon, all defensemen. They were the only ones who were plus two. And as far as shots on goal, Brian Mullen and Steve Thomas, tied for the lead for the Islanders with six. Healy doing an excellent job in this one as the Islanders were outshot 36-29, to but still managed to win the game by a score of 7-5. to All of that taking place on this date in Islanders history, May the 12th, 1993. All right, so we continue with our what-if series, and the question we're asking today, what if Rick DiPietro did not suffer those career-ending injuries that derailed his career just a few years after signing that unbelievably uh, insane contract? Back in 2006, the Islanders signed DiPietro, the former first overall pick, in the NHL draft back in 2000, to a 15-year, $67.5 million contract. And, you know, at that point, Pietro he had four very solid seasons in a row, starting with 2003-2004. He played in 50 games, played in 63 games in 2005-2006, 62 games the following season, and then in 2007-2008, again, 63 games. The first three years, he had a winning record. The team struggled a bit more in 07-08, and he still was 26-28-7 and seven, uh, that season, but overall, Pietro, you know, made the all-star team uh, back in 2007, and you know, had some very good seasons, he was confident, he was brash, he was realistically going to be the face of the franchise, but then injuries just derailed Rick DiPietro. March thirteenth, two 2007, DiPietro suffered a concussion after a collision with Steve Bajan be- uh, of the Montreal Canadiens, Uh, he came back for four games, but then sustained another concussion in a game against the Islanders and made it back for the playoffs, but probably uh, should not have rushed. After the 2007 season, he had surgery to repair a torn labrum in his hip. And uh, again, you know, all-star game uh, competitions. He was, he was, Selected to the All-Star Game in 2008. During the skills competition, he injures his hip in the shootout uh, competition. Continued to play, but once the Islanders were out of the playoffs, he ended up having hip surgery again. And all of a sudden, more and more surgeries uh, necessary. He had knee surgery the summer of 2008. Cost him the very first four games of the following season. Then he had lower body injury that was never fully uh, explained right away, but it was another knee injury, and essentially, after, you know, having four seasons of 50, 63, 62, and 63 games in a row, he played in five games in 8 09, eight games in 09-10, Big 26 whole games in 2010-2011. Eight games the following season. And then his final NHL campaign in uh, 2012-2013. Just three games. He lost all three. Had a 4.10 goals against average and an 8.55. Save percentage. Eventually, the Islanders uh, buy him out. And essentially... Gets paid $1.5 million a year over the next 16 years, and uh, that was the beginning of the end for Rick DiPietro. He played uh, in October of 2013, signed with the Charlotte Checkers, then affiliated with the Carolina Hurricane, but he was let go the following month and ended up retiring to go on to a career in television television. And radio, so, uh, you know, one of those big what-ifs. Would Rick DiPietro have given the Islanders more had he been able to stay healthy? And certainly, if you look back at some of these seasons that the Islanders had, when DiPietro was on the shelf, you can see that having a healthy all-star caliber goalie could have made a very big difference. Look, 2008-2009, the Islanders' last place in the Atlantic Division, that was a year that DiPietro barely played. They ended up with, you know, goalies like Jan Denis uh, and Joey McDonald, and no offense to them, they were good guys, good competitors, but they were really career backups slash AHL veterans and could not be The long term solution for the Islanders in goal, and that's the reason why the Islanders finished, you know, 34 points behind the Rangers for fourth place in the Atlantic Division that season. The following year, again, uh, the Islanders struggle and again, without DiPietro, finish with 79 points, three games below NHL 500, and again, fifth in the Atlantic division. So again, you see the struggles that the Islanders had as a result. And then, of course, they go out and sign uh, veteran goalies. Dwayne Rolison joins the Islanders. Yaroslav Halak joins the Islanders. Evgeny Nabokov joins the Islanders. If you had a healthy Rick DiPietro, instead of you know, signing goaltenders who could just fill in and cost a little bit more money, you would be paying Rick, and you could have spent the money you spent on a Halak or a Rollison uh, or a Nabokov on getting additional forwards to help John Tavares out offensively. Again, the team wasn't keen on spending a lot of money in those days. They were a lot closer to the salary cap floor than to the salary cap ceiling, which is more what we're seeing now, but if you had DiPietro under contract, you certainly would have been able to spend some more money on, and didn't have to pay his buyout, you could spend some more money building up the team, and again, in the NHL. You're always building from the goal out. If you've got a franchise goalie, and a lot of signs point to the fact that Rick DiPietro, had he been healthy, was developing into a franchise goalie. That is half the battle in the National Hockey League. That gives you the ability to compete on a night-in, night-out basis. There are teams with you know average skating talent But a a great goaltender, and they make the playoffs consistently year after year, mostly because of the strength of their goaltending. And again, I'll go back to the 2009-2010 Islanders, one of those two seasons right after DiPietro was hurt and unavailable, the Islanders were 28th out of 30 teams in goals against that season. In 2008-2009, the Islanders were 27th out of 30 teams uh, with DiPietro hurt. The following year, 2010-2011, again, 27th in goals against. So, you see that a healthy Rick DiPietro, and again in 2011-2012, 27th. Healthy Rick Di Pietro, who was then just starting to come into his prime the years of his career, could have made a very, very big difference for the New York Islanders. As John Tavares matured, that would have been a very big duo as the two faces of the franchise, and, you know, hey, maybe a little bit more success a little sooner. Of course, the caveat is the Islanders would not have been in position to necessarily draft John Tavares had they had a healthy Rick DiPietro, because they probably don't finish in a position to be last in the league, to win the lottery, and to draft JT in 2009, uh, if DP if DP was healthy. Rick DiPietro, again, one of the big what-ifs in Islanders history, and if he would have stayed healthy, certainly the Islanders in the late 2000s, early teens would have been a very different team than they ended up being. Well, that wraps up this edition of Locked On Islanders. Now, tell your smart device to play the most recent episode of Locked On NHL for a national perspective or even a North American-wide perspective on the world of hockey. Everybody, please have a great day. Stay safe. Keep that social distancing going. And of course, let's go Islanders.